Welcome to Black Mesa Radio with your hosts, I'm Seth. And Chase. And Josh. And today we're going to be doing something a little unusual. We're going to be talking about uh, space. So uh, get ready for that. Slapping that bass. Funky slapping that bass. What's up, listeners? So, yeah, we are without Seth Fellenstein and Nate Irick tonight. We don't know where Nathan is. God rest his soul. We hope he's alive. Um, God, if he's, he's dead, I'll be really mad if you just said God rest his soul. Oh, man, I'll feel so bad. Yeah. Like, if Nathan, if we find out tomorrow, like, Nathan died, I'm going to not include that part. I'm going <laughs> to come back and re-record my part. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, would, I might leave that in. It'd be kind of a weird anomaly for the show. Yeah, when they arrest me for his murder and listen, use that as evidence. Listen to this podcast, which predicts his friend's death. So, yeah. Um, he's not here tonight. And uh, Seth is away also. So we will be recording the Three Amigos style. Si, senor. Si, senor. So tonight we're going to be talking about uh, a couple random things. We're going to, like Seth said at the beginning, it's a rare space episode. Because we always say that we're going to talk about space and then we almost never do. So tonight we actually <laughs> are in there somewhere most of the time. So you were going to talk about space war. Yeah. So the U.S. government has just okayed a new branch of military. Uh, that they're going to. It's not like going to go into effect for probably another five years or so. The space Corps. No, it's like that's kind of that's the, the tentative name is the Space Corps. It was, it was like they were trying to get a base on the moon, weren't they, or something stupid like that? Uh, I don't think so. This isn't that unrealistic. It's mostly just oh. like an Earth defense group so and by earth defense i mean u.s defense in space right hang on i have it saved like that ronald reagan plan star wars oh yeah like they were gonna do like that uh laser like a laser missile defense system and some other things well they, they already have that it's really interesting uh, like on the the most modern battleships they don't have like you know the artillery that they had in the, the 40s during world war ii but so if, if another person is launching missiles at the ship, they have a laser that they can shoot miles, and it'll 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 track the missile and explode it. Yeah. And I find that fascinating. Like, that's absolutely insane. Well, I also think it's interesting that it's a blaster gun. It's a, like it's like the Death Star. It's the Tesla Death Ray. Yeah. But uh, like they're in in their treaties in place to where we're not like nobody's allowed to put nukes in space. I think there are, yeah, I think there are treaties for that. Like specifically for, hey, don't put nukes on a satellite. Do you think that there are nukes in space? We're, Absolutely, we're, Russia did it. You I know mean, they did. Probably. We probably did. I think we definitely did. I think we would definitely do that. And I think Russia would. I think China would. Um, I mean, I think that was probably the top three. Space Agency probably has a couple. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it seems ridiculous. It's like we all pretend like we're being nice, but it was like, no, I don't trust you. No, nobody trusts anybody. That's okay. That's smart. I don't know how, dude. Yeah. Anyway, so the Russia pretty much has a uh, strike first policy. So if they think there's something up, they're not going to wait. Yeah. For no, it. they're not going to. They're not going to hold off. They do preemptive strikes for sure. That was the phrase I could not think of, and it was driving me crazy. Like I, I mean, it's it's a really difficult scenario, but I think I would be in favor of preemptive strikes. Like, don't. Let them get the first blow. I mean, 
it seems like common sense for to be, to, for protecting your own people. There would have to be pretty strong evidence. Yeah, I'm not. Go I'm not for preemptive strikes. I'm sorry. I wish I could say no. I don't actually wish. Well, I could say uh, obviously you have to have a, a certain amount of evidence. Like you're going to wait till they actually launch a nuke at you before you use your nukes. We would be able to finally test out our uh, anti-nuke system that we have, which is pretty rad. Well, that that's very true. Unless it didn't work. <laughs> Here's what's uh, kind of interesting about nuclear weapons. You know, we, we typically think of the the atom bomb and the hydrogen bomb, um, and those are obviously extremely volatile, <laughs> and they just lay waste to everything and make it uninhabitable. So it's really yeah. not a great weapon of war in its own right because it, it, it's just massively destructive. Um, but you know, they did a lot of testing on neutron bombs, and then they kind of went quiet. On it, but uh, I have two separate sources who have military friends say the exact same thing. So I thought it was pretty interesting that they have these neutron bombs that uh, they don't have a huge blast radius. Uh, so like you know, really close to it, like yeah, you're just gonna probably explode. Uh -huh. But what it really does, it uh, it like sucks all the moisture out of your out of your body, and you pretty much like shrivel up into a prune. And like it, it irradiates after like, it's like a a day to a week. Like it's a really short amount of time. So it kills all flesh, but all infrastructure is still standing. Uh, you talking about a neutron bomb? Yeah, the neutron yeah, bomb. Yeah, yeah, they are scary. And I'm sorry, I'm trying to find this this article I had on space. I saved it on Reddit, and I apparently saved like every single thing I ever look at on Reddit <laughs> because I have like so much crap on here. That just makes you think. It's a little bit of a side note, but um, speaking of like the nuclear bombs and like the ones they dropped in World War II, did you hear that they found the USS Indianapolis? Yeah, I was the one that told you about it. No, you were. You you mentioned it to me, but I had already. Oh, heard you already it. you already knew about it. Yeah, but yeah. What, what? Where at? Oh, gosh. Indianapolis of all places. Yeah, crazy. Just I, in the Mississippi. I don't remember where exactly, but they did they did find it. And I think that's kind of crazy. That, I mean, that was like horrible incident yeah well wh what about these uh boats that are colliding with merchant ships recently in the south china sea what, what do you now? think there, there's so been, a lot of uh, well go ahead you go ahead uh military collisions like u.s military boats twice this year have collided with merchant ships killing soldiers uh like uh, this last one i can't remember what the ship's name was but it collided and i think six people drowned because uh, they were in their their uh, birthing stations and they were asleep and it hit right on the wall where they were at and they it flooded and they drowned and, and a lot of is other birthing people, stations the real term for that i'm just curious it's not b-i-r-t-h is it because it's i think it's is it b-u yeah I've, well i don't i don't know nautical terms that's why i'm asking i well yes. where they sleep right birthing uh, that's what i was going for anyways where they sleep their bunks oh, okay no I, I wasn't making fun of you i legitimately okay. didn't know and i was like is that a real term because well, <laughs> i really know, hope like, i'm not wrong when a ship is in port like you know they make birth in x place they're resting i guess stopping yeah i don't know they make birth yeah i don't know I don't think I'm not gonna look that up. We don't have enough people to keep the conversation going for Josh yeah. to look it up and me to look something up. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Have, have we, we ever done a three-person podcast before? Nope. This is a first. The three amigos, Trace okay. Horny Boys. Here we go. Uh, okay. I can't. I can't. I'm actually gonna have to delete that because that's uh, from another show. Uh, yeah, so. that's okay. Uh, who? 
who was it? I can't remember who it was. There was a famous poet who said that the the best the best way to ride is just plagiarize <laughs> and, and make it better. Like you know, Dan Cook write or somebody something. else's stuff and make it better. Yeah, it's Carlos Mencia's life policy. I do. I do not care for Carlos Mencia. That not much. Is he even relevant anymore? No, he's been destroyed by Joe Rogan and a bunch of other people huh. because he was stealing other people's stuff, like just straight stealing it. I didn't even think he was that funny. Like I don't. It's because he was taking other people's he stuff and like, doing it worse. He had like two or three good bits out of everything, and a lot of those though. But a lot of those were taken from someone else. Well, I'm not saying they weren't. I'm what, just saying what really ruined his career was like just going off of the comedy scene. Ari Shafir was working at the comedy store. And he would do sets, um, like between like working as a doorman or a bartender or whatever it was he was doing, and he became friends with Joe Rogan. And so one night, Carlos Mencia goes on before Ari and does Ari's set, like but has cha- tweaked it just a little bit, but it's enough to where it's <laughs> oh like, God. yo, this is his set. And so Ari comes up on stage and he's like, so he just did my set, like I have no jokes because you guys just heard it all, and then. Uh, Rogan gets really pissed off about this and like literally starts going to Carlos Mencia's shows and getting up on stage and like arguing with him about stealing people's material <laughs> and like around the comedy circles, which a lot of people already knew he was doing it. But I guess like the more like with a big name, like Rogan, like, right, like no, right. seriously, he's stealing stuff. Like it just, he basically got blackballed and like, he's still around. He still does comedy, but like it's, he's just nowhere near as famous yeah. as he was. All right, did you find your space thingy? No, I couldn't find it. What the heck? I know. <laughs> uh, but I, essentially, I'm sorry, I interrupted. Yeah. But essentially, it was going to be another U.S. military um, branch. Branch. It was That's, on the moon, yeah, because we talked about this last week. No, we did, we made a joke about an Air Force base on the moon. But I thought that was because there was an, there was an article about that. Maybe, was maybe it was. I, I'm pretty sure. Could have been related or it could have been just yeah. some. I don't know. All I know is that the Trump administration, like it was set in place. It looks like it was set in place by the Obama administration Mm -hmm. and the Trump administration basically like said, yeah, keep going with this. And so, which is strange because most of the things that Obama set forward, Trump was like, and like, you know, it has to do with military expansion. So yeah, they said it was going to be under the air force, kind of like the Marines is in the Navy. Technically. Oh, I just touched my eyeball and I was cooking jalapenos earlier. And that was a mistake. (laughs) Oh no. If you were a real Mexican, that wouldn't bother you. You. Listeners who don't know, me and Seth are, are Mexican, and so he's like just being, he's just being being racist. Use that Chipotle. We're not an eighth; we're a quarter, quarter, which makes you an eighth Native American in some sense. Sure. Again, well, yeah, we're mean, more than that, Native American. But I mean, I mean, like he's talking specifically, like whatever. Oh, whatever group. the. So yeah, how, how does that work? Like, can you? Isn't being like a fourth Mexican being like a fourth American? Not necessarily. I mean, it depends because. Well, Incans and the Mayans are were are the typical two big ones. Um, well, so so those would be natives, but we, I mean Mexicans are typically like half Spanish, half native tribe or something. Yeah, well, I think it depends because you know there was a lot of other European mixing. Yeah. Within the Spanish. well, yeah, after anyway, like, I, the past five hundred years, I, I guarantee yeah. you that like if we went somewhere back along our Mexican line, we'd probably find French or Spanish. French. I line. would very much like to do that uh, DNA test, like you swab your that ancestry dot com uh, does. I don't. We're, I don't think we're there yet. The the it's, the accuracy is. Everybody not, talks about how it's so accurate. Well, yeah, or else I wouldn't make any money off of it. I guess that's true. no. I, I meant like people I know that about how, like they'll like you when you sign up to do that. Like you lose all rights to yeah, your DNA. They, they will sell. Yeah, they will sell the the information of your DNA 
a lot, yeah, Ancestry.com and like 23 wave, and Me. You waive your rights to it or something. 23 and Me is the one I was thinking of. But they're, they're, they're a division of Ancestry.com from what I understand. Oh, okay. I don't know if that's true. Listeners, so someone would, look that up and tweet at us. I would never do it myself. I, I would try it. I don't understand what's uh, – like could. if they're selling your genetic information, what does that mean? in Because I'm pretty paranoid about stuff like that. But that doesn't seem like it would yeah. be a bad thing like they could use for very much. I mean I pretty much share all the information on my phone for all that stupid app stuff. But the, the DNA is where I, I draw the line. That, that seems like a big deal to me. I, I what are they going to do with it? I, that, I don't know, and that's the thing. That's they're not going to clone you. What? They're not going to make a robot that I, I want like a you. service, and they're turning that service not as a profit from me, but from a profit from other people. So, so it, is everybody else with everything you do. Your I mean, phone company is selling your metadata. Wait a minute. Well, I mean, we can agree to disagree, but like – my DNA, I and I don't want that. you to sell it, so I'm never going to do that until that and, goes away. I mean, I I'm not. Dis- I there's no agree that. to disagree. I'm just saying, like, why, why draw the line there when you're already selling literally everything about yourself? What well, the thing? Just that, using a phone. The thing that worries me. Using Facebook about, about like, alone. Them buying your DNA and signing stuff. Like, let's say they get to a point where, um, you know, they they're very good at looking at your DNA, finding. You know, oh, you're so predisposed to this disease because of your family. We're going to sell that to an insurance company. Hey, sorry, we're not going to insure you. We're going to give you high premiums because your genetic material says that you have a very high propensity. I think, and that's a disease. scary thing. I'm 100 percent sure we've talked about this before, but I want to keep going down this thread. So that is a that is in the future, but legislation will come along to make that not legal. I mean, maybe. So it, no, th- it will. Do you think that's the how DNA is going to force a single payer healthcare system. I don't think DNA alone will do it, no, but I think it'll happen. Well, I'm, I'm just saying I don't want to – until there are laws in place that would prevent that, I don't care to run that risk. Even though I know it's probably not even in my lifetime going to be a problem yeah. still. But if you have a healthy diet, your predispositions can mean absolutely nothing. Absolutely. It's a, but that doesn't matter to right. organizations. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Anyways, like also when you think about DNA, uh, women when they get their DNA tests are are wildly off unless they also get a DNA sample from their father who has a Y chromosome to to trace that lineage back. Just another sexist chase remark. It's just it's just the truth. <laughs> like if you, if you want an accurate DNA test uh, as a woman, you you have to also submit your father's DNA. And if you think about it, though. You could be a descendant of okay. Let, let's just say you guys. Let, you guys are descendant from uh, some Quetzalcoatl native. Yeah, let's just say Quetzalcoatl tribe out there. <laughs> but right now, it could say you are you seventy five percent Quetzalcoatl, even though that was five generations down the line. Okay, and it could completely obliterate. Let's say like your Finnish heritage or whatever the heck it is, because see. Hmm. Uh, be, like okay, so you have one person that branches into two, and then four, and eight, sixteen. Yeah, no, I, I get how that works. And so, so you're you're really missing a lot of your actual ancestry. Like, like the 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 researching your ancestors, I think, would be more interesting than taking a DNA. Yeah, test. you could definitely find out a lot to some degree because, like, for instance, I've been researching the turnages a lot, and I know that we come from Essex, um, in the UK. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Um, and then from there, it gets a little fuzzy, and we're not quite sure where it goes because but that's going back like a couple hundred years to to find out that we're from Essex. But uh the Mexican side there's I have no way of knowing. There's no way of finding out because Thank you, records. 
Well, I don't, it's not just that they didn't keep records. It's just that I don't know. Like, after my great-grandmother, like, I don't know of anybody that's alive that would be able to look to, to know where to go from there. Right. Okay. And I like, mean, they, well, they should have, like, birthing records, right? Like, is that birthing something? records, but, like, you want to look – you want to follow the Rodriguez name back? <laughs> it's going to be right. some – Oh, is that Rodriguez? Is that your – Yeah, that's, that's my grandmother's uh, – great-grandmother's last I name. I don't know why I didn't know that. I feel like a bad friend now. <laughs> Why would you be a bad friend for? I don't know your great grandmother's last name. That's true. Neither do I. You don't know your great grandmother's last name? Uh, one of them was Speaks, which is German. Uh, it's on my mom's side. And then Webster was my mom's grandma's or my mom's great grandpa. I don't yeah. know. I don't, yeah, I don't know what her last name was. Velma. I asked my grandfather uh, the other day, like, I was like, can you tell me, like, what my great-grandmother's name was? Because I know my great-grandfather's name, but I don't know my great-grandmother's name. I don't know, um, I didn't know her, their parents' name or their parents' yeah. name. And he was able to tell me, I think, all of them, which was kind of cool. He, he went a couple of generations back. Yeah, he went, he went back a little ways. Oh, also Donaldson. So I have some, is that Irish or Scottish? I don't know. That sounds very. Scott. I think it's Scottish. It sounds Scottish. Yeah. Uh, this is good podcasting talking about. <laughs> hey, so, it's, it's not bad. It's not great either. Um, let's continue. So this lady was trying to interpret the Bible. This is this has to do with the moon and the space stuff. Okay. And there's, you know, uh, in Joel chapter 2 and also in the New Testament, it talks about, you know, when the sun turns to darkness and the moon turns to blood. The lady was like, I figured it out. The moon is going to turn to blood because the Americans and the Russians both have moon bases on the moon, and there's going to be a war there, and it's going to turn it to blood. Moon war. Yeah, and I was like, that's really cool, but no. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't necessarily want her to be wrong in that case. That sounds awesome. <laughs> you ever seen Moonraker? No. Moonraker. Yeah. So what do you guys think about when we sent that uh, harpoon, for lack of better words, to the moon like a few years back? What are you talking about? So I don't know anything the, about the moon. The United harpoon. States sent like a harpoon probe just to like spear it. It was a missile, is what he's trying to say, oh. and it literally just like crashed into the moon. Yeah, and it did not like an exploding missile. Like it was right. just, yeah. but it was a missile that just crashed and buried itself super deep in the moon. And here's what the scientists discovered: it rang like a bell, boom, like for a really long time. Uh, and th- I mean, this is, that's the official scientific term. It rang like a bell is what they said. And they have never said what they think that means. Could mean a couple things. Let's I mean, Google it. It could be the metal. I mean, cause it's what it doesn't have an iron core, like a nickel iron core. Yes. Cause like the earth. Um, and it's much I mean, that, that's really just a guess. We really don't even know if the earth's core is nickel and iron. It's just kind of. Well, I mean, it stands to reason because the most likely... uh, we know that the Earth's core is hollow and that it's like a sun, and there are giants down there, and that's where the lizard people come from. Hollow Earth theory is real, you guys. No, that, that's that's true. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's like the only thing I, I really mean, want it, to be true. It stands to reason why it would they would think it has, has the same composition because I mean. The yeah, most, well, well, the most yeah, likely they, explanation of the moon is the, the other body hitting us and it's spinning off. So according to Hollow Moon Wikipedia, yeah. when the Apollo 12 deliberately crashed the ascent stage of its lunar module into the moon's surface, it was claimed that the moon claimed it was claimed that the moon rang like a bell for an hour, leading to <laughs> leading to arguments that it must be hollow like a bell. Hollow Moon theory, you guys. Hashtag Hollow Moon. Uh. 
I didn't know that they did it back then. I was talking about like in our lifetime here in the 2000s, like 2010s. You guys don't remember that? They just I, shot the I moon. No, I remember that, okay. but I don't remember it ringing at all. I've never heard that until just, just now. Uh, I'm looking at popular science right now while you guys discuss this. To the see one thing that I what it says I I don't buy that the moon was like a a piece of the Earth and then the, it it kind of split off and broke. No, that's off. not what it is. That's what? that's not that theory. The theory is what? that there was another body that crashed into us while we were still in our and then it formed state, the moon and then it like they mixed and the split two. off. And, right, right. So yeah, it makes sense. I don't. Why don't you buy that? Because, because it costs too much. We would also have we would have a lot more debris that just floats around us. We'd probably yeah, have a the, couple moons the or reason, something. The reason that that didn't happen, according to the, the theories, is like the angle that it hit us at and the way it did, and the fact that it hit us while we were still molten. So everything was in a state to where it yeah. formed. Together. I don't know. I think that I think that would be really hard did, to prove. They say that we but, did have rings yeah. for a little while, but they crashed into both bodies. Over time, I don't know. Because it was, it hit us in an angle to where it most, it remained mostly intact. Uh, I I've read a few things about the young moon theory that it's a it's a lot younger than we think, and that it was uh, captured by gravity. Yeah, so, somehow captured by gravity, and they think that because the moon dust is not as thick as they thought it would be if it's uh, a like they say the earth is about 4 billion years old so like that it, the dust that is created from the radiation of the sun degrading its material uh, would be much thicker uh so that's just uh, a weird theory but i am uh a little bit more into the the supernatural placement now it could have gotten there hang in on what real, we call natural real, terms real quick okay uh i have this thing i want to start doing a segment of the show because we've never had segments before and I feel like we should have segments for a podcast. Yeah, we've talked about that before. Uh, and so I'd like us all to take a trip down to the Conspiracy Corner. Right now. Uh, uh, yeah, right, right now. Right now. All right, conspiracy it? Corner. Oh, this isn't, this isn't a conspiracy. No, but this is, it kind of fits in that. Oh, okay. <laughs> the Conspiracy Corner is going to be this uh, fun little segment where I just let you go. Well, okay. I do something on the computer to try to figure out so, how crazy you are. If, Just kidding. So if you take the distance of the Earth to the sun and divide it by the diam- diameter of the sun, it's 108. Okay. And if you take the distance from the Earth to the moon and divide it by the diameter of the moon, it's also 108. So I'm not, I'm not saying that number is technically specific, but what that means is that it's uh, perfectly the same ratio in the sky. So they're both the same size, which is astronomically unlikely. And what this allows us to do when we have the solar eclipse, like we just had on Monday, you can actually see the corona. Yeah. Uh, and that this allows us to see the electric universe, essentially. So it, it almost is if... The moon was placed in a spot for man to discover the nature of the universe. Hmm. And it was, it, it's been there for as long as man knows, anyways. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying I agree with what I'm about to say. Okay. But I'm doing it for the sake of argument. Sure. There are some people who could probably throw in an argument like, well, that doesn't necessarily lead to a supernatural explanation. That leads to an advanced 
extraterrestrial life putting that there for that specific reason. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I guess you could come to that conclusion. I didn't. I didn't mention like any specific force. I'm I know. Just saying, I know. Just you were just saying. You said there. supernatural, so uh, I, I threw it in the other way. Yeah. So the, obviously, uh, most people know what I believe. So I just you know. It's it's still. I mean, it's still a really interesting thought, even if yeah. you know, even if someone doesn't believe it. Yeah. So from what I'm reading on popular science, uh, they don't talk anything about uh, a, a launched missile in the early 2000s. They talk all about the various Apollo missions. And even pre-Apollo missions, we were studying the moon via satellites and probes. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we were studying moonquakes, which happen almost every day, which is interesting considering it doesn't have like an active shelf like the Earth does. Right, right. Um, But what they're caused by is a couple of things. They're caused by uh, the sun melting. Hang on, my mic's being funny. Yeah, it's... uh... There we go. Uh, It's caused by the sun melting water underneath the the surface mm. and so that happens like and then it'll freeze by the end of the day because of like the way that the so it's like thawing and freezing yeah it's constantly. thawing and freezing causing these vibrations um interesting and the fact that they basically it made them rethink of how the composition of the moon was made not that it's hollow or anything like that but because they said it rang like a bell the conspiracy of the moon is hollow popped up because right. bells are hollow and obviously if something rings it has to be hollow um not that you know they could be porous or have all sorts of other different, you know, geo- maybe there's geological a hole in the backside of the moon. We've seen the backside of the moon. No, we haven't. You don't know. We have a picture of it. Do we? Have you how seen did, that? How did they bring back picture? the picture? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I, I'm Gen- uh, genuinely though. Have you seen that picture? Because it'll blow your mind. I think so. Yeah. Okay. It's beautiful. It's a picture that from like I think it's like seventy million miles away or something like that. And it's got like the moon crossing in front of the Earth, and it's just oh, it's amazing. It's one of the coolest things I've ever seen. But essentially, the moon is not hollow; it just is noisy. Well, like Weird. a sign note that I was wanting to think about, I was wanting to mention about the. Uh, you were talking about the the dust gathering, right? I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong because I'm not an expert, but what? neither am I. <laughs> doesn't wouldn't like solar winds and that kind of stuff like. Because I know it can strip the atmosphere. That's like what that's what's slowly happening to Mars. Okay. Couldn't it strip like that stuff off and like? Well, that was that was I mean, one of the it, things. It, it that, all depends on the the gravity and. Uh, I mean, the solar wind isn't necessarily. Wind, I, know, a, I know it's not it's, wind. It's not like a particle. Yeah. I know, but I'm just saying, couldn't like. It's like an output of radiation, basically. Well. If I if I understood it correctly. Yes, exactly. So so it affects the constant bombard constant. It's a constant bombardment. And I guess that stands yeah. the reason why it would strip the atmosphere more because there's no magnetic. Uh, Speaking of that, well, what's that? What's that radiation field, field around the Earth called? Uh, the uh, the something. It's just the called the something. The something radiation belt or band. The one that we created, or the other one, the natural one. Did you say the, the Oort, natural one, the Oort band. That's something else. No, 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 you no. You didn't no. say the Oort band. I don't know why. I said, I it, it's some type you of radiation. It's, it's, it's like a person. It's like that. a person's name who discovered it. You know, like scientific. It's yeah. like. Somebody's the Pizza Hut radiation the, belt. It's the one. It's sponsored by. It's the one where most people think they couldn't have got pictures past it because the radiation would have eaten up the film. Yeah, back freaked, in the they were sixties and seventies. They were like, "There's no way we're going to be able to take pictures of other planets until we get some sort of digital camera." Yeah, yeah. But, and most people like they would have died in the radiation or whatever. It's like no, because 
the radiation isn't like gamma rays, like a nuclear. Not all radiation is deadly. Right, right. And it's so still it has to, not has great to do with strength. You, but I mean, the strength of the radiation and the duration in which you're in it. Those are all things you have of to the think radiation. about. Because I mean, we're being bombarded with radiation literally constantly. I mean, UV rays is technically radiation. I it's, mean, in this room, we're getting bombarded with radiation. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So it's radio waves. But that's because of my nuclear reactor in the corner. Shut up. Mm. <laughs> that would be impressive. Actually, I would be not mad at all. Did you hear about that uh, kid that made a nuclear reactor in his backyard? And then he did it again. Yeah, and he got in trouble, and they took it away. And then he did it again. But he did it when he did it again. He was like in his twenties. Yeah. What? He irradiated he, his he, neighborhood. He made like a a small. Weird oh, didn't he still uh, smoking alarms? Smoke alarms. Yeah, I guess it was like yeah. some type of electronic that he just stripped all the rare earth elements it out was of a, it. It was all smoke alarms. Gotcha. Yeah, he just kept getting he was these, stealing them and buying them and yeah. anything he could get a hold of that because they had like. Uh, what do they have in like ra- radium or? I don't know. I don't. I'm not smart enough to know how he did it. I don't. I don't remember what what the smoke. They, they had some kind of like n- nuclear element in it. Right, right. And he was stripping that out and made a nuclear reactor. And he was like covered in sores and stuff. Well, radiation. he jacked up his neighborhood pretty bad too. Like neighbor <laughs> yeah. neighbors were getting sick because yeah. he didn't have any kind of shielding. Oh my gosh! And he did when he did it in his twenties. He like kind of he figured out a lot more because he was like twelve, right, or something like that. Because he's a genius. We're, I don't know. I like, hate when we talk about stuff without actually knowing what we're talking about. I don't know. I think it's fun. Uh, it makes me so mad. I'm like, I wish I knew more you about this. You heard it here first, folks. So something that Seth brought up a minute ago was the Mars atmosphere being slowly stripped. What I think is interesting is that NASA announced last week, late in the week, that we're going to try and terraform Mars with algae. Yeah. Because there's enough moisture. There's a liter of water per cubic feet in the moisture in the, the soil on Mars. Right. That's, that's and so high there, salinity, but yeah. Yeah, it's high salinity, but we have algae that can survive in high, salin, high salinity water because right. we have sea algae and all sorts of stuff. There's algae in the Dead Sea. It's gross, but there is. Um, so what they're going to do is use this like – basically just bombard the atmosphere – not the atmosphere, the surface of the planet with algae to try and like stimulate – that carbon dioxide turning into oxygen. So, so that pretty much means that they're done trying to look for any life on Mars, or else obviously that was really... my thought too. I was like, so they they don't really care because like they're having uh, was it Cassini crash itself into Jupiter so that it can't, or is it Saturn? I don't know. I don't know. Which is the where's Europa? Is that Saturn or Jupiter? Europa, probably Saturn. Okay, sorry, listeners, if we're wrong. <laughs> All of us are reaching for our phones. To I did. Not, I did uh, astronomy, but it was a terrible class. Of astronomy. So. Cool teacher, bad class. Oh, yeah, the teacher was wonderful. <laughs> Terrible. We didn't learn a thing, though. Um, uh, Jupiter. Okay, so they're having the spacecraft crash into Jupiter. Not craft. They're having the satellite crash into Jupiter so that it won't cross-contaminate the possible life-harboring moons. So huh. my thought is, if we're already thinking, like, we're just going to go ahead and try and terraform Mars, that means that they've done so many tests on that soil that they're like, there's nothing here. What do you think about conspiracy time? Let's take another trip to the conspiracy corner. Life on Mars a long time ago. Do you think that Mars was ever a habitable planet? I think it. I think it definitely had water. I think it was possible for like uh, non-complex I'm, life. I'm talking about civilization. I'm not talking about. I don't think okay. civilizations. I think uh, like low complexity life, single-celled organisms, maybe a little more than that. So okay. Uh, so, based upon the modern theories of how mankind came about to Earth with, like, being planted here as seeds or whatever from a panspermia alien race. Oh, that's not panspermia. That's just straight up. What is that? What is that theory called? 
It's pretty uh, much pop science right now. Like that's what a lot pan- of scientists are saying. I like the panspermia theory, but I, I don't. It's it's like an alternate version of creationism. It's creationism of human beings. It's a it's design. Like we were designed for some reason. But I thought I, I listened to this guy and I thought it was really interesting. He said, "Okay, so what if there was this advanced alien race, and they had traveled from a different solar system in low gravity, and you know how we we know what low gravity does to the body. It just degrades. So if they came to our solar system, what would be the best option? It to uh, get ready to populate Earth itself. Jellyfish. Well, land on Mars. Because Mars has a third the gravity, so they would be able to uh, you know, actually function, get their, get their, for lack of a better word, their shit together, and uh, then go to Earth when they had uh, kind of established it. And there, there, he talked about when they took soil samples in Mars, they have found radioactive elements that are literally man-made and precursors to, like, plutonium. Uh, and I thought that was pretty interesting. Like, well, h- how did these get there? Either we don't fully understand how yeah, the radioactive elements exist in our solar system, or they are uh, un- unnatural? What, what's, what's a better word for unnatural? They are... Uh, Uncommon? No, I'm saying, like, they... Manufactured? Manufactured, thank you. Oh, I see what you're saying. Uh, so I thought that was pretty interesting. And and another thing, they think that this life on Mars could have been wiped out. And this, that what I'm about to say is actually not really conspiracy or controversial, but they're on the northern hemisphere of Mars, it's just completely blasted with uh, asteroids. And the southern half is pretty pretty clean. And there's evidence that uh, it happened, like all of these asteroids happened possibly between the half hour and an hour just got completely annihilated by like a an asteroid field at one time and it which could have destroyed te- all life on that planet i mean which could technically happen or oh i thought you were saying that it was like engineered to look like that or are you saying that it just no i'm like, saying like it, yeah, it was a natural event you know it's the cataclysmic things that randall carlson and graham hancock talk about see my only problem with like well i have lots of pro- like Logical I have problems. lots of problems. Logical <laughs> problems. But like one of the problems that I guess it's just a personal um, preference on it that I dislike about you know aliens coming to Earth or seeding it is I feel that takes away that takes away from us a lot and our accomplishments because it's like oh we're, so we were just put here and figured out by another species I guess what we did is all attributed to them and we didn't do anything well i think that's really interesting i was thinking about this today uh and in my own mind in my own beliefs i think this is a great evil that we have to constantly battle uh in the atheistic communities and the religious communities it's it's uh, abundant and it's the belief that you're you're not making choices it's predestination or it's uh, DNA control. We merely dance to our DNA. We oh, yeah. And, so- and what's crazy is that both of those, like the religious groups and then like just people that are like super worse. I don't want to say atheistic groups because I don't think that's conducive of all atheists. But I do think that like the group that you're talking about. Yeah, the, the, they would be predominantly. I would say not necessarily, but DNA purists will say. Um, both of those right. groups, it's the same belief. It's like, well, you're not in control of what you do anyway. Right. And I hate that. So, I, yeah. Well, so, that's not what I mean, though. So there, there's a group of people, uh, who, who, you know, religious groups who say, well, the devil made me do it. And then there's another group of people 
the the more Calvinist minded people say, well, God made me do it because God is uh, you know completely sovereign and He wills so every single action to happen. Mute my phone. And, and you know they you know they've been fatalists for a long time. It's like it was fate that I was supposed to do this, and then we we have the the newest version is the uh, the secular materialistic uh, chemical mechanisms make you do everything. And they, they even said, like, oh, we, we found the uh, murderer gene, possibly. And I, th- I was like, that's ridiculous. Like, you can't just, you know, test somebody for their DNA and, one, either just put them in jail because they're going to be a murderer. I think they already report style. Exactly. Or they can't blame him for the murder because it wasn't his choice. It was in his DNA. So I think uh, the, the lack of free will is is a great evil that we, we always have to battle and i don't i don't know why it's so readily accepted by uh people because if there's a lack of free will no one's in control of anything and no one has to feel blamed it's, for anything. yeah it's a lack of accountability yeah nobody wants to feel responsible for their actions everything that they're in right now is somebody else's fault and that's what's going on in america it's it's a uh, it's just the blame game no but the first thing the best quote i ever read it just said if you want to change the world change yourself first and nobody, is that and a Michael Jackson quote? It. I'm fairly certain it's a Michael Jackson quote. I don't think so. Start by looking at the man in the mirror. <laughs> I'm looking at the man in the mirror. Um, That's right. a good song. Thank you. Uh, I wrote it. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, one thing that bothers me a lot about that that whole group is the pe- people that just like believe that is, like I said, it's it's an accountability thing. But I've also heard... I've heard someone say, so I was watching this video about the like world's most intelligent African gray parrot. Um, yeah, it, it's amazing. It's like, it can hold like pretty close to real conversations. It's like, with a, it's like a five-year-old being able to talk. Yeah. And I heard one scientist talking about like how it's amazing and it's like a five-year-old's level of intelligence and it's just like an absolutely smart bird. And then another scientist in that same little doc video was like, well, I mean, he's just trained. It's just like people, like he just knows what to say in what situation. Like he's not actually really thinking. He's well, that, just responding. That's what we do. Yeah, no, that was his <laughs> argument. He goes on to say something about like how people are the same way, that people don't really think, they just respond to social cues, which doesn't take into account creativity or right. uh, you know improvisation or anything like that. You didn't build that. It really bothers me. I really don't like that because I mean, I've heard several scientists and like not even just scientists, philosophers and stuff say like, well, we're just a, a compilation of well-timed reactions. Right, right, exactly. Uh, one of our friends who uh, I won't name because I don't know if they want to be named in the podcast. Yeah, good call. Uh, a long time ago, I was, I was talking to this girl and uh, you know, she, she believed in, in the fatalistic mindset. And so what I said was, uh, so you believe that uh, not, there's no real truth, like we're just kind of here. And that the DNA makes you do it. So the fact that you believe this wasn't your choice. And your DNA made you believe this. And the DNA made me believe a different thing. And she goes, I believe that. It's like, well, you just completely eliminated rationality and reason. So yeah. <laughs> it's like, I didn't logically come to this conclusion. I just, uh, my DNA did it. And I want to convert you to what I think because it's right. Like, what? The, what? It's... It makes no sense at all. It's it's frustrating. I didn't know. Nathan is not dead. Woo! 
He just yeah. text messaged me and said, you guys, I completely forgot, and I feel like a jerk. I'm sorry. <laughs> so he texts all of us, by the way. Tell so him he, we'll forgive him if we'll bring us burritos. He said he's going to bring food next time. Nice. So I said, that's cool. And then that I told doesn't, him that I, doesn't I'd give see us him Saturday. Just make sure it's Taco Bueno burritos. I'm not going to be able to eat them anyway, so it doesn't matter to me. What? So, what? Me and Mary are going to go hard keto until uh, the cruise. Ooh. Because I'm down another three pounds, which is not saying much because I was already down like 30 pounds since February. But So this is kind of a tangent, but what do you guys think about what the health? I hate it. I don't know what that so is. So much. It's pretty much oh, a, a anti-fat pro-sugar documentary. That's, that's exactly what I was going to call it. Like that word for word is how I was going to describe it. It's pretty much everything I believe in about health and nutrition. It's the opposite. And it makes me angry because I get angry about health and nutrition. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I, I felt like there was a lot of things that he didn't go into. We talking about he doesn't know what, what he's what, talking about. When, no, he doesn't. Like when you eat a lot of fat, like he's like, oh, well, it goes into your arteries. And I was like, well, we just had a scientific journal that said no. We've had eating dozens what, of scientific journals that say fat otherwise. Doesn't make your arteries fat. Like it make your arteries fatty. That's and yeah. hard, and that's not what happens. What actually is the case when you eat lots of sugar and lots of fat at the same time? That is what kills you because the sugar and the fat uh, agglomerate and that's what clogs your arteries. So fr- well, well, there's also fried, a- fried food is really bad for yeah, you. Fried, well, that's the whole thing is that fried food is terrible for you. Yeah. The now pro- I'll, I'll give him one thing. Processed meat is probably not anything with nitrates in it is going to be bad for you. Whether you that's know? what think about this though. What do they give you? If you have a heart condition, they give nitroglycerin? you nitroglycerin nitrates. They give you, yeah, but not the same kind of nitrates. Not the same kind of nitrates you're going to get in, like, preservatives. You're a chemist. I am. I'm not a, bi- I'm not a doctor or a biologist. Know. I was going to say, he's, <laughs> not, he's not a doctor. <laughs> but stuff that's really heavy you with nitrates, like, like certain types of uh, bologna, uh, certain types of pepperoni, certain types of like, yeah. ham spam. Oh, my so, gosh. Oh, I'll have Those to look into it more for, like, the, the ones that caused that, that World Health Organization study that said, like, meats give you cancer. Right. Was specifically talking about preservative meats with nitrates. Right. I'll have to look into the exact Thank molecule. Thank you, Brett, even, telling me that. I know even slight changes to something that seems exactly the same can have drastic different reactions in your body. Because um, you take L-arginine to soften your arteries and to make your arteries better. Yes. And that has nitrate groups on it. And that's why you want those nitrate groups for your arteries. That helps your blood flow, lowers your blood pressure. And in fact... I encourage everybody to take L-arginine, whether you work out or not. It should be like your multivitamin yeah. if you want good vascular health. And it's it's kind of an unknown miracle drug, really, that they're not talking about. You also have to have no, a good I know, diet. Sean, my dad's it's, calling it's me. It's not going to trump a bad diet. I'll be right back, guys. Okay, sorry, listeners. We had to take a break for a moment. Um, I think the last thing we were talking about was you would ask about what the health, and then we were talking about nitrates, meats, yeah, uh, yeah. what clogs arteries, and then I don't remember where it went from there. L-arginine. L-arginine, yeah. You talked about how good that was, and yeah. then we had to take a break. And um, then there's evidence that the ketogenic diet can reverse type 2 diabetes. There's also evidence that it stops some kinds of cancers, and it's a good preventative measure for cancers. Of course, there's also been a couple studies out recently that talked about like certain types of brain cancers that feed specifically on fat which is super scary to someone like me who's like all on the keto train. Oh, that makes sense because your brain is about 60% fat or something like that. Yeah, and that's, that's actually what it – that's a big part of it so is that, that it, yeah. it's it, – the, the main yeah. the main issue I see is that – But like blood with, cancers, bone cancers. With nutrition is the fact that 
like for one thing, like you said, um, like you, like the, there's different types of cancer that feed on different things and different mm. kind of illnesses. That there's no one thing you can do that's going to stop everything. Smoke right. weed every day, <laughs> but and everybody's CBD different. Oil. So I mean, there's people who I think most people probably would you know get a lot out of the ketogenic diet, but they honestly might get more out of a different kind of diet. Well, I mean, uh, I, yeah, everybody's body is slightly different. It depends on what your goals are. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. I like the idea of switching up your diet about twice a year. I think everybody should do keto at least once a year just to help with like inflammation. Um, but like maybe do like a, a month and a half run of keto, two month run, like maybe one to three times a year. But like just all, I think low carb in general is never going to be a bad thing for you. Right. Well, just just eliminating a lot of that. What what they call it, the, the fast carbs. Yeah, the white bread and even even bread in general. Like if you can just stick to like. Vegetables nuts, and meat and nuts and beans and like paleo basically, yeah. Plus dairy, no, well, well, yeah, but paleo and, plus dairy, and you can you can even have fruit because like, but make sure you not the the fruit juice is just like uh, pop for the most part. I, it depends on the fruits, man. Like I got into an argument. I won't say his name, um, and it wasn't even an argument. It was blueberries just, it was just for a the discussion. Win. Yeah, dude, blueberries are amazing. Blueberries are the superfood. They're delicious. Um, anyway, I was discussing uh, keto with someone. They asked me like, "Hey, I want to know." But I've seen your results on keto because at that point I just got to the 25 pound mark. Nice. And they were like, okay, so I'm wanting to shred down before I bulk up. Um, and they're like, because I'm going on this trip and I want some advice on what you do. And so I gave him the rundown of keto. And then he's like, okay, well, what about fruits? And I was like, blueberries, watermelon. Uh, well, that would be a slow carb diet, which is good. Yeah. Well, you can do, you can stay in keto with blueberries and watermelon if you're smart about it. And well, strawberries. That was the three. You have to have very few, yeah. Yeah, well, you have to limit it, but you can still have them, is what I'm saying. I thought strawberries had a lot of sugar in them. I know blueberries are kind of low in sugar. Uh, you can have strawberries as long as you're smart. Like, just pay attention to your macros. Pay attention to where you're at for the day. And if you, right. if you can do it, you can have, like, two or three strawberries. Like I said, it's all about macros. It's paying attention to your macros. You can have anything if you're paying attention to your macros. Right, right. I mean, you can't eat, like, it's a whole... It's not necessarily healthy vitamin and mineral-wise choosing whatever, but you yeah, still get the same can... hormonal effects for the most part. Yeah, and you get the same cal- caloric... Uh, you get the same caloric intake, so whatever. But anyway, what I'm saying is this guy, he goes, mm, so I couldn't have bananas and I couldn't have oranges. And I was like, no, I was like, you get vitamin C from all sorts of other things. Like I get it from jalapenos. Um, and he was like, yeah, I don't think this is a real diet. And I was like, okay. And he's like, I'm just saying this goes against everything I've ever known about fruits and vegetables. And I was like, you can have all the vegetables you want. I was like, it's just that most fruits are really high in glucose in this particular diet is fruit fructose yeah fructose thank you glucose is actually a lot better for you um because it goes straight to the bloodstream instead of being processed in your liver and overworks it no you're right i misspoke um but i was like you know this diet's really not about that and he was like yeah i think this is a, a hokey diet i feel like this is like atkins or something and i was like no it's not atkins like you're getting lots and lots of vegetables and he was like i just don't see this yeah, how how does atkins differ from keto well substantial okay so atkins diet i think is your calories are coming, I want to say... Is it, is it a lot higher protein? I want to say it's 90% protein for your calories oh. and then vegetables for everything else, um, which is... That's crazy. Like with keto, 70% of your calories are coming from fat. Right, right. Um, and then you got 20% from you know protein and then the rest is carbs. With Atkins, it's no carbs like at all, um, oh. which is... Like not even from certain vegetables, you know, if from, if I've understood it correctly, which I may be interpreting it wrong, I've never done Atkins, but the way I've always understood it is that it's 90% of your calories come from, from protein so, 
and then the rest comes from fat. So pretty much like you, you, you would, yeah, switch the ratios of, of fat and protein for Atkins, yeah. which I think that's what I accidentally did that when I first did ketosis because I wasn't sure. <laughs> you were just eating nothing but meat and no, vegetables. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. like meat and vegetables all the time. Which I, is needed, I needed a lot more fat. I didn't, I didn't really understand that that's what I was supposed to be doing. Well, you weren't tracking your macros really. You were just kind of like... Yeah, and I was with you because I was doing it at the same time. Right, and right. we both lost weight, but I don't think it was yeah. necessarily healthy. Well, and that's the thing. Like, it just shows you that like eliminating carbohydrates is really important for losing fat because insulin is created, is triggered by all, all the types of sugars, mm-hmm. which then is a hormonal response for fat storage. That's what it yeah. does. So this turned into a heavy diet podcast. Yeah. Sorry, listeners, if that's not your jam, but that's what we're going to yeah. talk about for a little bit. And the, I think the one thing that the scientific community, uh, I should say the popular scientific community is missing is hormonal responses. They're applying physics, the calories in, calories out, to the body, which the body is much more complex than that. And so you have the the hormones which trigger different responses, just like, go go ahead, Seth. Well, no, it was just speaking of hormones. um, Like I work in an industry where I deal with a lot of pharmacies. And one thing I've noticed becoming super prevalent is like you know i listen to these uh these whole ads for all these pharmacies and stuff and they're, they always talk about they're starting to talk about more and more about like hormone balancing treatments and like oh yeah creating special hormone mixtures for people and it's becoming i guess like a bigger focus because you know if your hormones are crazy out of whack you're not going to be healthy everything's oh, yeah. going to be out yeah, of whack exactly yeah um, but if you but- get, if you get like hormone balancing and like what they give you is not like a, a drug that simulates that stimulates the hormone they're giving you like it's a hormone replacement there oh, okay right right yeah and I, like, i've been looking go ahead yeah. good i know that was it was i've been looking into uh hormones and how they play a role in your body and specifically as a man testosterone um because like it, it's it's reduces cortisol levels so stress yeah. levels go down yep and it increases your uh metabolism and it like uh, you lose weight, you gain muscle mass. You like they say, you get better. Like I'm talking about, just like replacement right now. I'm not talking about like muscle head steroid. No, usage. but the problem with you got to be careful though, because so at the age of 30 up, your testosterone levels as a man start obviously um, at the from 30 up, your testosterone levels start to diminish. Um, that doesn't mean that they're going to go down drastically to where you're going to like become enfeeble or whatever, but it does mean that you should probably start looking at it every now and then. Yeah. I mean, if you start, yeah, just fatigue. Like, if you're really fatigued all yeah. the time, like, testosterone can really help that. It sure can. Um, the thing is, though, if, women, you, if you're overdoing it with testosterone treatment, yeah. your body will stop producing it. Right, right. And that can be devastating to, like, your hormonal. But, like, if you're actually, if you're not really producing it anyways, like, if you actually have, like, the... Like, low T. Yeah, then... Don't worry about it. Because yeah, no, it doesn't matter because you're not making it, it anyway. But I'm yeah. saying, like, if you're like a, a just a regular, average, healthy man, yeah. you got to be careful. But um, sticking to the to a small degree, the testosterone hormone. There was a study done where they had a group of people who were just natural and they worked out. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know this study. I think I sent you the video on this. I don't remember watching a video. Never mind. Uh, Go ahead, though. I mean, maybe it was. And then there was a group that um, took steroids and worked out. And then there was a group who um, took steroids and didn't work out. And then there was a placebo group who didn't do a damn thing. The most fascinating thing to me 
Yeah, no, I absolutely sent you this in a video. Oh, okay. Yeah. Was the fact that the testosterone group who didn't work out gained muscle and lost fat. Yeah. Like the, I mean, that's, that's what hormones can do, and they changed nothing about their lifestyle. They yeah. just started taking, it was like 250 milligrams of uh, some type of testosterone like yeah. every, every week, one injection. Fascinating. Yeah, and the, the group that was working out on testosterone had some gains. The group that was working out with steroids had insane gains. It, well, it actually wasn't that much more than the people who didn't work out. Like, yeah, it was that, like that six was percent. Thing. It was, really it was weird like six though, right? pounds increase of muscle versus eight pounds increase in muscle yeah. in like a month. To be fair, though, eight pounds of muscle in a month is insane. Six pounds is insane. Most to people, be doing nothing. Yeah, that's bonkers. The so for a natural person, they expect to gain between five and eight pounds of muscle a year. Yeah. So. Alex Sabrina's gained 20 pounds of muscle in four months. Yeah, I'm, uh, once I'm for sure done having kids, like, I'm not going to say I'm going to rule out taking some type of testosterone. They're, they're, oh, I'm definitely going to. Um, so you shouldn't take it before, yeah? You're not even close to your microphone. So you shouldn't take it whenever, like, if you're planning on having kids? Well, it, it, your testosterone will probably come back, but there, there is always the chance that you're just going to have a low test, uh, low sperm count. Yeah, it can. Huh. It can. It, doing anything with your hormones can affect sperm count. Like it just, it just can. But but uh, I, I was listening to a guy who just says testosterone replacement. It's not a, a steroid user, yeah. and he said that he had two children while doing TRT, testosterone replacement therapy. So he said, like you know, it, it may not do anything to your sperm count, but for some people it does. So it's not. Yeah, can't really know. It's, I didn't want to take that risk because I wanted kids. Yeah, one of those different strokes, different folks kind of things. Like, you don't know how it's going to affect you. Right, right. Um, no, I'm definitely going to, like, I've considered, like, starting steroids once uh, we're done having kids because why not? <laughs> like, just yeah, a little, like, a that. low dose, yeah. you know. And uh, I don't really recommend the, this channel, but it's called uh, Enhanced Athlete, and it's pretty much all about steroids. And this guy, he, he's just a steroid junkie for the most part, but he interviewed one of his friends. And he said, okay, okay, for a, a completely new user for steroids for, you know, the bulking purpose, what would you recommend? And he recommended an extremely low dose. Yeah. Well, you don't need and, more than and that. And the guy was like, new? he's like, wait, why, why would you, why would you uh, cut it down so low? He's like, well, you've never taken it before. You're going to be really sensitive to it. And you want to make sure that you don't blow your sensitivity right off the bat. Yeah. Just like you're throwing in like three different types of steroids. He's like... For the first one, like just take like pure testosterone at like a hundred to two hundred milligrams a week. Yeah. So I don't think honestly, I think like testosterone replacement, not replacement, but like assistance is probably a good thing for like thirty plus. Um, if you're not actively trying to have kids and you're you know you're starting to see a diminishment in lifestyle. Oh yeah. Uh, I think you know why not? Like it's but the technology's I there. It's not super expensive. Why not do it? I really was looking into it because of my back issues, which does, uh, you know, cause a lot of cortisol stress issues. And they say stress does decrease your testosterone levels. Yeah, absolutely. Plus, it would increase my recovery rate, so I'd probably have less back issues because my body is properly regulating my recovery. I'm curious about. So inflammation is a big thing right now. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it reduces inflammation too. That's what I was going to wonder. Does testosterone replacement like help with inflammation? Yeah, because your body is recovering. So you're going to eliminate that. That makes sense. Inflammation a lot faster. Inflammation is the worst thing. Like I was listening to, I think it was a Joe Rogan podcast, and he was talking about uh, 
it wasn't him, but he had a scientist on who was talking about how inflammation is the cause of most human de- decay mm-hmm. and like just various states of, of inflammation. And it was, it was very interesting to me. Like your bones, uh, everything, everything bad causes inflammation essentially. Like, <laughs> yeah. but like that's, that's what it does. Like with the exception of cancer, which is completely different, but that's just mutation. So like table salt, I think, I think people should really eliminate table salt from their diet and replace it with sea salt. Sea salt. Yeah. I use only sea salt. Yeah. Cause, cause, uh, table salt is just pure sodium chloride. So you're completely destroying your ionic makeup uh, yeah. at the time. And you need, you need a good amount of, uh, the ratio of sodium and potassium is really important. Potassium is crazy important because your heart will like, okay, too much potassium and your heart stops. Not enough potassium, and your heart stops. Potassium is crazy weird, and you absolutely need it, but it can yeah. kill you. Yeah, but but in today's diet, like you know, they they inject like all the artificial meats with just sodium chloride water, a brine of sodium chloride. Yeah, as a and, preservative. And so you're always constantly destroying that, and that causes the inflammation. So get uh, I you know iodized sea salt. And there's there's like some pink the pink, pink salt. salt. I actually yeah, bought yeah. some of that. I don't. I, I remember on the on the the jar I had, it talked about um, the potassium in it and the calcium in it. Magnesium. Magnesium, like all of these things that are in it yeah. that you don't get mm-hmm. in table salt. Yeah. My, uh, I have a pink pink sea salt or pink uh, oh, yeah. Himalayan salt lamp right now, listeners, that is like on. Oh, on really? Desk. Yeah, right there. Look, right I didn't know that's what it was. Yeah, it's a salt lamp. Yeah, dude. Lick cool. It. It's an ionized salt lamp. Um, don't lick it. It tastes really salty. Not that I've tried. Um, You've tried, haven't you? No. Uh, so it's cool because, like, when you had have, have the light inside, it ca- I don't understand it because it's witchcraft, but like it causes some sort of weird ionization effect, and it basically purifies the air. Um, I might have to get one of those. It's really cool. I love it because my, my dogs fart a desk. lot. I don't. <laughs> I don't know if it'll eliminate sense so but i have an ionizer in the other room and then i have this in here just because i mary got it for me for my birthday and i love it i love it so much they also like i don't know if this is true or not but are like will stimulate relaxation they yeah supposedly and i don't know if that's like a mood thing i don't a light there's a lot of stuff about do that there's a lot of stuff about holistic medicine that i'm just like "Uh but there are certain wavelengths of light that do cause your brain to have reactions in certain ways that like cause you know, moods, like changes, lights and, like, and smells. And sounds. So maybe that's what it is. I'm really interested in red light therapy. Like a lot of, uh, doctors are starting to use it for recovery and a lot of bodybuilders are doing it to help them recover faster. It's like, you just stand I've in this, never heard of this, this red light. I, I don't remember exactly what it is. It's not just like, a that red sounds light. like snake oil. Um, are you sure it's not infrared? It, it might be because like, infrared makes but, sense. But like infrared. when you see it, it's, it's red. Well, yeah. Like, most infrared lights are red. Like when you when you most people have a red light on their infrared, right, like, right, exactly. Like my parents have an infrared sauna, and like the automatic color on it is red because. That's, but it, it's yeah. some type of specific wavelength that when it hits the cell tissue, it uh, it's rejuvenative. It instigates recovery, so it tell like it somehow it triggers the uh, telling it start recovering, and so a lot of mm-hmm. people are, they've shown like that. It can recover you 20% faster, which is uh, not an insignificant amount by any means. Yeah, no, that's crazy. And I know that infrared, like, I don't know if it's the same thing, but I know that infrared saunas and infrared treatments are really good for, like, joints. They're good for inflammation. Inflammation is what I just said. They're good for joints. They're good for inflammation. Um, And I get onto my mom because she has one and she never uses it. And it's so good for your joints. Take it from her. 
I couldn't fit it anywhere in this house. Uh, My house is too small. We had to build it in the room. Yeah, we built. We had to build it in the room to to make it oh, work. Oh wow! Yeah. But it's very nice. Do I love it. Do either of you know anything about cryotherapy? I know I a little do. bit. I know that there's a new one. There's a new one here in the city that's really good, from what I hear. I would try. I would try it, um, but I have kind of heard that it it's not it's not a long term relief. It's kind of it's kind of more of a short term. No, it's no, just a short term inflammation reduction. Is what right. I hear. Once again, I, I God, we're talking about inflammation a lot tonight. It's, if it's, if it's cool. Huh. Yeah, you yeah, spend right. five minutes at negative 300 degrees. It's kind of like the – it's also the cold shower effect. Like it, it boosts your metabolism quite a bit. It's because your body's fighting off death. Yeah. And it, so it's a, it also – it's like a massage for your, for your blood vessels because you're, when it's cold, your blood vessels get really restricted. Yeah. And then when you get uh, warmer, it relaxes them. So it teaches your body to use your uh, blood vessels uh, a lot more – Effectively, here's a question for you guys. What do you guys think about heart scans? What about them? They exist. I mean, do you think that, like, so there's a place in uh, downtown Oklahoma City that offers heart scans for like $63, okay. and they do a group on about once a month for where you can get it for about 20 bucks. I mean, like, and I've thought about doing it several times just because I'm, I'm 30 years old and I don't think that there's anything wrong with my heart, but I was like, you know, I'm 30, I could probably start doing preventative checks once a, every couple so, years. Uh, what what would be the benefit of it? Like you you find out that you know well you're you're in early stages of heart disease. Yeah. So, but but you're already trying to be healthy. So yeah, are you just looking for a motivation year. to be even healthier? No, I just know that like I'm not going to say this person's name, but I know I knew a very healthy man. We we all knew this guy. Um, very healthy man who jogged every day, ate healthy. Um, and he was in his late forties, early fifties, and had a heart attack out of nowhere. Yeah, I think it was in his forties. I think it was too. Um, and that's that troubles me because he was eating very healthy. And you know, heart disease is a tricky, tricky monster. It's par- partially genetics, yeah. partially diet, partially lifestyle. Yeah. So you know, it's and if you hit the perfect storm of one of those, mm-hmm. it's going to mm-hmm. take you out. But I figure, why not try? scanning your heart once every two, three years just to see where you're at. Yeah. And then, you know, you know, cause I want to be here for like, for my kid as long as I can. Um, and I feel like preventative measures like that are not necessarily a bad thing, but whenever I bring it up, a lot of people are like, ah, they're just gonna take your money and then, you know, give you a bunch of things to be afraid of. Well, th- this is what doctors say. If you get a full body scan, you're going to find something wrong and it may or may not ever affect your life. That's true. So it's uh, but I mean the heart is obviously really important. <laughs> so well, I'm not talking uh, about full body scan though. This is just a. Well, heart you're saying scan. like they they might find I don't know a heart murmur or some type of plaque buildup. Yeah, uh, he has a heart murmur. I do. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, does that affect your workouts at all? No. Okay. I don't, have you ever noticed anything with yes. it? Yes. I mean, very, 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 very rarely I'll get like a a little bit of a flutter. Dude, I get that too. But and they told me it's rare, and I know this is what it is, and it's never been a problem. What is it? I have a question. What does it feel like when you get that flutter? An uncomfortable, um, I don't know, like vibration. Like, is it on the verge of pain, but not quite pain? No, there's no pain whatsoever. It's just uncomfortable. So I have this thing that happens that uh, I went to a doctor about, and he was like, "It's probably just gas." Um, But I was like. It does because it happens like maybe once a month or so. Mm. But like, I'll be sitting there, and all of a sudden it'll feel like my chest drops for just a second, and like my heart goes. 
Uh, that's what it feels like. Maybe I have a heartburn because mom like. has one and you have one. Maybe I just have one and they never detected it. And I've had that feeling before too, but doctors never detected it. Everybody, everybody will have, from what I understand, palpitations. Some kind of palpitation. Okay, maybe I just have palpitations some sometimes. Point. I just have it. Not often. Like, well, I had I had like sometimes. three in a week, and I was like, I'm going to a doctor. I don't know what that was, and they were like, eh, it's probably just gas. And I was like, okay. I had a panic attack once, and I thought I was having a heart attack. That's very common. Most people who have panic attacks think they're dying in some way. Because you're panicking. I don't know why I had it either. They say that sometimes they just occur. There's no rhyme or reason like, to there it. There was nothing going on. I was at work. It was years ago. And just suddenly, I'm like, I'm dying. Yeah, that can happen. I'm um, dying. Uh, there's, and maybe maybe your body had something weird happen for a minute. And then you're, you had a sudden burst of adrenaline. That can happen. Like where you mm-hmm. have like something weird happens. Your body detects it and goes into flight mode for a moment. Burst of adrenaline. You think, oh, what's happening? And then all of a sudden, yeah, you're you're in full blown panic mode for no reason. And that makes you panic more. Cause yeah, because you're like, you're like what's nothing, happening? There's, there's it's a vicious wrong. cycle. Yeah, that can happen. Um, I'm not saying that happens to everybody. I think a lot of panic attacks are caused by cortisol imbalances, or not cortisol, I mean, cortisol buildup, or uh, different kinds of uh, chemical imbalances. There's a whole host of reasons that you can have panic attacks, but. So would you guys want to do a short space weather segment since we were supposed to talk about? Space? Yeah, let's talk about that real quick, and then let's end this. Okay. So, uh, you know, we talked about the, the moon uh, and the solar eclipse, which you can see the corona, which is the electric universe. And there, there's a lot more evidence coming out about how the sun uh, is affecting our entire solar system. Like, it pretty much controls it. What? Yeah, it's crazy, right? <laughs> um, so, I mean, this kind of has to do with the, uh, the climate change thing. And th- this is you know, really, I think this is probably what the cause is. So, uh, in the past 10 years... Uh, Venus itself has increased it, its uh, it has warmed faster than the Earth has. So Venus has been warming, uh, but you know, obviously, there's no uh, human activity there to change anything. Human activity. And, yeah, anthropomorphic. I want to know what those aliens are doing. <laughs> and uh, Jupiter has, for the first time ever known to man, Jupiter has completely foregone one of its bands. It just disappeared. And uh, they don't know really why that's happening. And the Great Red Spot is apparently weakening. It's not gone by any means because it's freaking massive. But it's weakening. So, uh, And a new storm developed on Neptune. I heard and, about that. And I think... I did hear about that. And I, and I think there was another place where a storm disappeared. Like basically, uh, there was a, a smaller storm that's been on Jupiter for like a, a while that okay, just, and that, was and that, just that was just gone suddenly. What? Hang on, real quick, and we'll come back to this. I promise. But like, the Great Red Spot has always fascinated me, okay. because I don't understand it in the slightest. They're like, it's just a perpetual storm, and I'm like, that doesn't make sense. How does that happen? They, what is that? Is it magic? So yes, it, the, it's, it has to do with the fluidity <laughs> of the gases, and they did an experiment uh, with they did like uh, different density fluids inside of a sphere, like. Uh, and it, it was like it was like a really thin sphere, and they had it on a, a little pivot point, okay, like it's like an axis, yeah. And they spun it on this axis really quickly, and it was fascinating because it looked like Jupiter and a little turbulent spot Neat. formed naturally. So I mean, we don't we don't exactly know the physics behind it, but it seems like it's just a a, a common occurrence. That's so weird. Also, their hexagonal uh, poles is very strange to me. I'll have to look into that. Have you never seen that? Dude, I'm going to pull a picture while you... Go back to talking about Jupiter or whatever it was. hexagons. It's weird. Uh, I'm going to pull a picture while you do that. So so what's happening is uh, the 
sun is in what is called a solar minimum right now, which means that it has a, a lot fewer. Oh, that's Saturn, not Jupiter. I'm sorry. Okay, it has a lot fewer dark spots. Um, so this this activity when it's in the solar minimum because the dark spots are a little bit cooler. So it's like the sun is actually outputting more energy. So it's causing a uh, disturbance in the solar system itself. And I believe that that is causing the, you know, kind of strange weather that the earth has been having. And obviously strange weather all over the solar system. I think that that's probably a part of it. I definitely believe in global warming. I will have a conversation with anyone about what's causing it. Um, Okay. Like I'm, the, the, I'm, the cause is obviously, well, I think still up for debate, but I think it's happening. Something it's, is happening. No, it's there's no question that it's happening, but there is question as to what's causing it in a lot of people's minds. Um, but there's I think, also a debate on it's happening, but w- what are we expecting? We don't. All of our climate models, every single one, has been absolutely wrong. Not just like slightly off, but just radically wrong. So we. Well, have, I mean, we're, we're we have, operating on data that's very. Like in the grand scheme of things, like think about the planet's age, we're operating on very little data to try and yeah. figure out huge things, and that's difficult. Right. Um, I think man probably has a little bit of things to do with it, but I think that there's also something else going on. I think that it's probably a bunch of stuff, honestly. And I, I get people argue with me, right. like, it no, it's more than one variable. I think, yeah, I think that definitely CO2 probably has something to do with it. I think that the fact that the Earth has a cycle. That we know that the Earth has had warming stages and right, cooling stages. Right. I think that's part of it. I think that I think it's interesting about the electric universe theory that there, maybe the sun's just doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then who knows? Maybe there's other things oh, going and, on that we don't our know about. Magnetic field is weakening. Yeah. Yes, it is. That's just troubling, by the way. Yes. Um, <laughs> so that could obviously. So we would be more uh, uh, affected by the sun if yes, our radiation. Field is and then if there, you know, if there was a buildup of greenhouse gases, that would amplify that. There's a whole bunch of stuff to it. Can I talk about? Can I talk about CO two? No. All right. You can talk, you can talk <laughs> about it. I don't care. So, like CO two is is a really bad warming gas. It's just not very good. Uh, like mm-hmm. there, there's different things. Uh, so infrared. They're talking about the infrared radiation and what it is. Um, molecules that are mirror images of itself uh, are typically what they call the greenhouse gases. Like uh, water, CO two, methane; those are all uh, global warming. I always thought that methane was worse for the environment than CO two. It is because it traps. Always heard, not always. It traps infrared much more than CO two does, and water even that much more than uh, the CO two does. So So you're saying we should get rid of all the water? Yes. (laughs) No, but what what they're showing is, I think I think the Earth is really fine tuned. I I get into. The fact that, okay, if it gets really hot, we evaporate water, we get more clouds, the clouds have a cooling effect, mm-hmm. and so it starts to uh, balance out a little bit more. Um, and it seems that temperature is followed by CO2. So once the temperature starts to rise, the CO2 starts to rise. So uh, it, it actually lags behind the temperature just a little bit. Um now, anybody who says that man has no effect on the climate is is full of it because we know about uh, how industries affect, uh, you know, the, putting putting sulfur in the atmosphere is very bad. It causes well, acid yeah, and rain. then just looking at how the weather changed from like the time of the industrial revolution to like the like starting to modernize and like oh maybe we shouldn't dump poison in our water. Europe destroyed the forests. Yeah, we've yeah. Just destroyed ecosystems. 
And then um, seeing like how how things have changed, like with deforestation, and like there, there's definitely evidence that we've affected the earth to a degree. Okay. Now, how how much that degree is, I'm right. willing to talk about like in a debate. But you know, I just, I just it, it really bothers me. People are like, there now there ain't no way that man can do anything like that. But that the, but me. also the complete opposite annoys me that it's like it's only CO2 and that's the problem. So I feel like no, it's, we're, we're dealing with these two extreme paradigms. That. I think most things in life are that way. Most things in life are, it's not this or it's that, it's both. Or it's a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Like yeah. People like to live it's, in generalities. It's like an emotional reactionary response and you just kind of choose sides instead well, the, of looking the problem at what's going is on. people are politicizing science um, and they're politicizing – it becomes a political thing. When it becomes a political thing you alienate a certain group of people. It doesn't matter which side you're on. Because at, I'm saying this really poorly. When you make a scientific it's, it's, issue political, it's a team mentality. Yeah, it becomes us versus that. them. Right. So if you're not on but the side of that, those politics, you're going to be like, well, that's wrong no matter what. And like, if your if your opinions on this thing are different than mine, well, you're automatically on their side. Yeah, and that's not true. Like, like it doesn't necessarily have to be that way. Why can't we just get along? Know, I'm, man? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna blast Neil deGrasse Tyson. DeGrasse. DeGrasse. <laughs> Neil deGrasse High School Tyson. Yes, exactly. And and Bill Nye because they they've really politicized it. Like he talks about how uh, specifically Tyson has gone on about how like people are just terrible if they don't believe in anthropomorphic global warming from CO two, and that like Oops, we're the problem or or whatever. Like the almost kind of like what. Uh, Hillary Clinton said about the basket of deplorables. Like he he put people in a group saying that you are like pretty much evil for for denying this and allowing this to happen. See, I've never heard that quote from him. I have heard Bill Nye say some very silly things, but I've never heard Tyson talk about that. I I can't stand Bill Nye at all. I can I can listen to Tyson uh, a lot more than I can Bill Nye. He Bill Nye drives me up. I personally really enjoy uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. I'm actually not a big fan of uh, Bill Nye. I watched Bill Nye Saves the World, and I was like, "Mm, this is terrible. And you're really preachy, and I would like you it's just one of the to, worst things I've ever seen. I was like, I would like you just to do science, please. Um, yeah. yeah, do goofy science experiments for kids like you did before. Yeah, I maybe just time. want Beekman's World to come back. So, did you, side <laughs> yeah. note: Did you ever watch the Captain Disillusionment episode with with Beekman's World? I was like, I would watch this show. No, I don't remember that. Oh, oh man, gosh. do you ever watch Captain Disillusion? No, He's a, no. a he basically he, debunks, he debunks videos, videos on YouTube. Like, like this video is fake because you can see that he did this with Photoshop. And he shows you, and he usually recreates like the whatever the guy did in the video. What's it called again? Captain, Captain Disillusion. Disillusionment. He's okay. like a disillusion, not disillusionment. Oh, well, okay. He's a uh, he's like a YouTube skeptic, and he does some really cool videos. He's like a like quote superhero, superhero. Like his character. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really good. But he did a whole episode with Bill Nye, and I was or not Bill Nye. I'm sorry, Beekman. with uh, Beekman from Beekman's World. Oh, great! And they, yeah. they like and combine it was, their styles. It was so good. And it was amazing. I was like, this is this show. This needs to be a show. Why isn't this a show? Like a crazy scientist and a superhero and that that lady who was on Beekman's World. Have you ever heard of uh, the YouTube channel Casually Explained? Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Oh my god, he cracks me up. Anyways, some of his early videos are crap, but well, he, he was just starting he, out. He gets on a roll. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I liked his advice. He actually had one like a behind the scenes episode where he mm-hmm. talks about how he does it. And he's like, he pretty much just tells people like, just start out. Like, make crap. You'll find your role. You'll find out what you're good at. Yeah, dude. Time. That's what I've been trying to do with this podcast network is just get like a bunch of people together to do something fun and make a creative yeah. network of yeah. artists. I want like a variety of co- topics, you know. Cool. So what well, I was kind of thinking that when I hear a podcast, some of I mean the content is obviously very important, but like uh, the first impression 
has a has a lot uh, has a lot of weight to it, and, yeah. and the quality of the sound actually. So I was yeah, I, was yeah. I want to talk might, to you guys about that by the way. Yeah, I, I think we should. So I think that would uh, boost our cred, our podcast. Yeah, we. Are, so let's just okay, listeners. Thank you for listening this week. We appreciate <laughs> it. Um, we will be back in two weeks with another episode. We so. enjoy this, and I uh, hope you enjoy it too. We enjoy you listening. You're actually going to get, listeners, you're actually going to get two episodes this month uh, because I'm going to <laughs> edit the one from last month that I haven't been able to edit yet because I've so been too busy. So they're not getting a bonus. They're no, you're not getting, getting a bonus episode. You're just getting the one you should have got last month. You're <laughs> getting it late. Uh, because we're going to try and do a two-week schedule because we have, Chase and I are doing another podcast called Shake, Battle, and Roll, which is a uh, Dungeons & Dragons collaborative narrative event. Shameless plug. Yeah, it's on our podcast network that we're trying to create. <laughs> of course it is. Um, and so we're doing that bi-weekly. And so as a result, uh, so that me and Chase could do both shows, we're doing Black Mesa Radio bi-weekly now. Um, and I think that works out better because it just feels better to me. Yeah, it allows us uh, time to get more topics for this uh, Black Mesa Radio show, something that will interest you listeners. And also, um, I like playing D&D. So. And I like... <laughs> making stories and i'm really excited about where this is going to go i'm hoping that my players take it seriously and that it just becomes something really cool and i think it will um i'm really good at role playing he's yeah (laughs) (laughs) so so much that i annoy people he gets he makes choices that i i question sometimes but it's always fun so it works out in real life too in real life too (laughs) um but seth you got anything to say before we go i'll just thank you for listening again um We really enjoy doing this for you, and we're going to do everything we can to make it better. Maybe if we do get this network up and running, I'll I'll try to figure out a show. Maybe please do. I, I would don't love know that. what in the world. Dude, just do your history stuff. Uh, I'm not as up to that as I used to be. So I don't know. I just, I you don't and know. Chrissy talk about cats, man. That'd be great. That would be mostly her talking about cats. Yeah, I know. It'd be hilarious. So, all right. Thank you for listening, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Good night. Good night. Not next week. We'll talk to you eventually.